Sports Radio 610 presents The Drive with Sterner and Hughley. With the biggest stories of the day, it's the Big Three at Three. Number one. All right, the first thing that, ooh, I like how that one stayed on there. One, one, one. I ain't heard that before. That's new. Tyler must have done something that messed it up. Uh, but no, listening up in this hour, this is your first opportunity. This hour, you got to stay listening now. In the 3 o'clock hour, your chance to win a four-pack of tickets um, to go to the Houston Rodeo to hear Brad Paisley. You can see Brad Paisley March 18th. Your chance to win a four-pack of tickets down at NRG. Just be listening in the 3 o'clock hour. If you don't win in this hour, uh, the same thing is happening in the 5 o'clock hour. So stay tuned right here in this hour. We won't tell you when it's going to happen, but you got to make sure you're listening uh, to uh, to know that coming up. All right, um, news coming out of West Palm Beach, and we will talk to Sean Pendergast a little bit later on, and we'll get maybe what he knows uh, about what's going on even further at 440. But Astros general manager Dana Brown tells Sports Radio 610, Jordan Alvarez is pain-free. All right. But uh, he has not started to swing a bat just yet. Brown says Michael Brantley's availability for opening day will come down to the wire, but he wouldn't miss much time if he's not ready by then. So two guys right there that are kind of splitting that DH left field role, we think, potentially. Um, We're hearing that about Michael Brantley, who he has been participating, not playing any games, but he is swinging the bat and been moving around. But the the big one there is Jordan's pain-free, just not swinging the bat yet. Just not swinging the bat. Yeah, look, I, I, What's I don't that mean. I don't know, but it's it it, it I don't want to say concerns me because I don't want to get to your your spot. But we're over a week into it here, Why show. Don't you want to come over? Uh, I, I just Why don't I, I, just, I don't want to come over to your way of thinking yet. I, I'm not I'm not there. I, I, th- this is one of those where he's yeah, pain free. You know, it's it's it's. But still, man, Dana. I mean, you're a week into a hand being sore, and my man ain't swinging the bat. Pain free though. And then look, I, and here here's the thing. Here's the thing too. Like I get, I'm really like leaning into like all of this through COVID. Like COVID, kind of it's somewhat exposed like major league, but all of pro sports, right? And 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 putting this emphasis on these ramp up periods and how we can't get started without this and we can't get started without that. And it takes time to do this. Well, so then when you start operating, especially with a guy like Jordan Alvarez, if you're choosing to just kind of ease him on in, I mean, what happened to have the significance of the ramp-up period and all of the work that happens over a four-week span and how you just got to have that extended period of time in order to get ready to play, but yet, you know, you're you just kind of taking it easy. That is, if he is pain-free and there's no problems, right? It just seems to me like it's like, is is the ramp up period that important for everybody, or is it is it not? And, and it seems like you know during the COVID there was such a big deal made in the NFL and, and in Major League Baseball in all pro sports about this ramp up period. Boy, it sure seems like the the, the significance of spring training for for Jordan, <laughs> if because of a little soreness, we're going to take ten days off. I, it, and here's my here's my thing, and this this report does make you feel better. Kinda. For me, it does. Kinda. I'm just saying pain-free. So when I hear pain-free, 
what is the what is the time frame that I should expect him to be swinging a bat? When I hear it, I think, okay, the weekend, right? That fair? The weekend, he should at least be swinging the bat. If we sit here on Thursday and he is pain-free, to be honest with you, my thought if if he's pain-free, I don't know why he's not slid into a cage anyway, but whatever. <laughs> is it fair for me to say the weekend? I don't know like what's fair. I don't know what free. is or isn't fair. I, I just I just know if that ramp up period is that important and his ass needs to be ramping up. Because I'm going to tell you, if we come in here Monday and Dana then rolled in here, because Dana, Dana has fired off a few things to try to make you feel good about them. And I, I, still sticking with me with Lance McCullers. Two days before Lance is gonna is not going to make it to open today, my man came through and said, oh, alarms aren't going off at all. It's good. All right? But. I'm just telling you, if we slide in here Monday and my man is pain-free on Thursday but ain't touched the bat to the point you're making of, hey, boss, it's March 2nd. First game of the real season in the month. <laughs> pain-free, not swinging the bat by Monday. Taking our time. Is that, is that, is that, a, is that what? Because somebody, somebody, somebody rolled in here last week. What are you talking about, show? You just worry so much. Uh, uh, Dana Brown said he was going to be. He was going to be ready by opening day. What else does he need to say? I don't know. I'm just looking at the actions. So I'm just saying if Monday, Thursday, pain-free. Monday, I'm not saying you should be in the game. I'm just saying we little progress, some, some activity. A little progress. Let's show, oh, Sean Pendergast. You're probably seeing. Well, I don't know. They're, they're coming home tomorrow, ain't they? Yeah, they'll come home tomorrow today. I just, I don't know. I just, I just, I just hope this this does make me feel good to hear that he's pain-free. I sure would hope to hell they wouldn't come to the media and just come around and say, Doc, Doc, he's pain-free if he's not. Okay? All right? It feels it makes me feel better, Clint. I don't think we're going to hear in two days, yeah, man, he had a uh, procedure for that ham ain't bone or right. something. I don't, believe, I don't believe Dana would take it this far. But I'd like to see, as you said, some progress of that man like wearing baseball uniforms and like batting gloves and holding bats. Hell, even if it's metal, I'll take it. I mean, I'll take a, I'll take a fake bat. I'll take a fungo stick. I, I, I like, I like stuff. how you said it. Kind of just, just, I, I just slide on into a cage or two. It's just fun, dog. Between now That's and Monday, it. I bet you just stand there and not even swing. Just hold the bat, just <laughs> and just look at pitches. That's all I want to know. If you're pain free, hey, let's do it. Here we go. Should see your don suit. Okay, man. Big three and three, number two. Well done, Chris. Uh, all right, uh, coming from uh, <laughs> our guy Aaron Wilson, uh, the latest is uh, sources are telling uh, him that the Texans are among several formal meetings that are set up for, as we just talked about, Florida Gators quarterback Anthony Richardson. The Texans are meeting with top quarterbacks, but it has uh, been reported that Anthony Richardson is going to be that guy. When I hear this, Clint, first off, not surprised that the Texans are going to meet with them. The hell they should. But when I first hear this, I'm thinking, is there anything, how impressive would he have to be to make the Texans say, like, whoa, that's a guy that we're going to pick? Because right now, for me, if I'm judging the Texans and I hear a lot of what Nick has said and everything like that, especially from the general manager, hell, I don't think they would take him at 2 or 12. <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. Like, when you look at the things that, they're important to him. So I'm like, is there anything that he could do 
in this in this meeting to impress them so much to blow them away to consider him? Is the, I mean, is the is the talent that big to then meet with him? Yeah, where he can talk oh, to yeah. you. Where he can talk oh, to yeah. you. Yeah. And have you changed your mind once you meet with? Yeah, him? look, I, I think if you connect the dots on a couple of things, Nick Casario has said he's he's working in 2023 with an eye on 2024, which that doesn't I don't that don't mean 2024 is a year. He just works in two year increments, and and if something is to come is to come to fruition in 2024 that was planned in 23, that would be great. I, I think I think that I think Anthony Richardson would be a guy. That would fit that. We've heard D'Amico Ryan's talk about the quarterbacks that can that can hurt you with their legs, uh, making an eleven on eleven ball game uh, a, a game. And, and what what did he say? He he makes um, what was his terminology when he is verbiage when he when he talked about Pat Mahomes and Jalen Hurts before the Super Bowl. He said he makes he makes the defense. I can't remember what he said, but anyway, it, it was very positive towards quarterbacks. That that can move, you know. Then you take take. You also look at D'Amico Ryan's comments today or yesterday about um, you know building your offense around a quarterback skill set. I mean, there's a lot of things that that if if Anthony Richardson were to, I mean, just blow the top off of that meeting room when he sits down with Nick Casario and, and D'Amico Ryan's, that could that could move him in the direction of of becoming the Texans favorite quarterback in this draft is that enough to take it to I don't know um but but I I I I could see I mean I could find a way I don't think that's what Nick Casario necessarily prefers but I I could find a way where where he could work himself into I'm telling you if Anthony Richardson sits down in there and and he and and he proves to be he meant to be a whiz kid, but just mature beyond his years from a a mental perspective, a a processing perspective, a uh, an emotional perspective. Because then, then yeah, I, I think I think he could potentially move. You know, now as we sit here and we talk through this, if it were just Nick, I'd say no chance. Because Nick talks about taking care of the football, accuracy. That's a big deal. He's coming from where he came from with Tom and the type of guys they draft. But this is a group of guys outside of Nick in D'Amico and Slowick and and that crew. They did watch Kyle Shanahan move up to go get a kid probably similar in, 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 in inexperience skill level and talent and concern of readiness. Yep. And 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 Trey Lance. They did they did watch that. So they they it's not unprecedented that they sitting around Kyle Shanahan, all of them, watched him make that decision. So I it's it's not completely out of the, the thought process, Clint, that they could be because I do think D- D'Amico just listening to him like he sits down and you can impress him, and yeah. he because he yeah. keeps talking about the the man to man the conversation. I think there could be something there, and they 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 did watch the guy they especially the offensive guys yeah. learn everything they know go out and say, man, we got to go move heaven and earth to go get a guy similarly skilled and talented in Trey Lance as Anthony Richardson. So. If it were Nick, just Nick, that'd be one thing. But obviously, there are other people who have a say so in this. So I, I, I you know, I, I guess I wouldn't just completely rule out 
Richardson being able to impress them enough to take them somewhere. I, I don't look. I don't think it's going to happen. But but I, 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 I wouldn't. I wouldn't rule it out. As as talented as Anthony Richardson is, I mean, there's no way that D'Amico and, and Nick don't watch that tape and go, boy, if we could, if we can get more of this good out of this kid and mature him and develop him and and get get him, get him somehow some way to play at or above his ceiling the majority of the time, boy, you 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 got you you got yourself a player. I mean, here's the deal, and, and this isn't minimizing Bryce at all. I, I'm I, I'm I am a Bryce Young guy through and through, but there's two there's two different ways to look at this thing. I think the highest ceiling by far Anthony Richardson. And I by, think everyone has agreed with it. I think the highest floor, I think by far is Bryce Young. I mean, so what? Are, I mean, you know, I feel pretty confident that when I get Bryce Young, I know what I'm getting because I've seen I've seen it. I've seen it on, on Saturday. I think it transitions to the NFL. I'm I'm pretty sure that there's a high ceiling there, and I'm pretty sure that there's a very high floor there. The problem with Anthony Richardson is ceiling's higher than anybody, floor's lower than anybody. Mm. I wonder if uh, if if Bobby Slovak and D'Amico come together. Hey, we want him. Yeah, if they, <laughs> he has to do a lot of work. He does a lot of convincing. Just yeah. uh, one step to convince. I mean, I, I'd have to call Dan Mullen, and Dan Mullen just be like. Head over heels. I'd have to call Billy Napier, the head coach of Florida. He'd have to be head over heels. And then he'd have to blow me away in that meeting setting, which is very, very possible. Um, I just don't I just don't think it's it's gonna happen to the tune of like, whoa, this is the guy that you take over Bryce. Trey. Over Bryce. We gotta yeah. get him. Yeah. Big three at three. Number three. All right, the latest here with the big news at the combine. Uh and we'll talk to uh We'll talk to our guy later on this hour, John Harris, who is there at the Combine watching the defensive linemen and linebackers. But with that group and overall, Jalen Carter, uh, that's the big story. Jalen Carter, he was booked on reckless driving and racing charges last night, uh, but he did pay a $4,000 bond and was released at 11.49 uh, Eastern time last night. And since Clint leaving Athens, he had to go down to Athens, Georgia, he has flown back to the Combine at Indianapolis, and uh, he is uh, back there, and he is going to participate in interviews, measurements, and all the other activities that he was going to participate in. As we know, he had already uh, said he wasn't going to uh, participate in the running or any of the drills or anything like that, but he is coming back uh, for the measurements. And I know in our pre-show meeting, you said something that was interesting to me, and I wonder how many feel that way. When I asked you, uh, do you think this is going? How far he's going to drop? Do you think this is going to hurt his draft status? And you were like, you don't think so. Out of the gate, I thought it would. I didn't think it dropped out of the first round, but out of the gate, I thought it. I thought it would. Just being that closely related, and and boy, if they're going to arrest you, it sure seems like they have. They have. Uh, or at least, let me tell you. I, like I, I looked at it in my own mind. I thought, boy, this this could be this could be a big problem for this kid. But as it's as all the details have emerged, unless uh, the investigation finds him guilty of more than what they've done at this point in time, I, I don't think it's going to impact his his uh, draft status one bit. Um, I, I don't I, at this point. Again, it, it could go any direction. I'm sure they're still investigating. I'm sure um, it, there's there's no telling what could or couldn't happen moving forward but right now where we sit I don't think it impacts his his draft status at all and in fact I'll, I'll argue that that it's it speaks volumes for the kid to uh, fly back to Indianapolis and sit down across the table in private meetings with franchises and uh, explain what the hell happened like that's that's that, I think there's a big time statement there to be made of 
he he released a statement. Basically, I'm paraphrasing here, but when all when all the facts come out, uh, you know, he he's not going to be guilty of 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 anything, any criminal wrongdoing. I think is what he said. Um, but he's going back to the combine to sit across the table because he wasn't going to work out. No, so I mean, he's not. You know, there's. I, I got to believe that he's going back. His rep, him and his rep, representation have decided that he's going to go back so that he can sit across the table from, you know, the top five teams in his draft and tell them from the horse's mouth what what happened, where he was at, and update him on the situation. And and I think that's a, a a very 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 smart move. Yeah. Um. When you say drop, boy, I know a lot of people talk about. Well, if he's there at twelve, man, come on. Yeah. I mean, if he's gonna get past Arizona, he's gonna get past. Pete Carroll at five. He's gonna get past Dan Campbell at six. Yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah. I don't think. I, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I, I think as of what we know now, I don't, I don't see this becoming something that uh, that is a huge, huge change. All right, um, let's do it. Coming up on the other side, your chance to win a pair, not a pair, a four pack of tickets. Be listening through. You got to listen. We come back. Uh, you'll hear the cue to call to win a four pack of tickets to see Brad Paisley and. Uh, Jose Abreu, he done it. He done it for the first time today. We'll discuss that coming up next. Sports Radio 610 presents Clint Sterner and the show. All right, welcome back into the drive. As as this is the time right now, caller number, don't know, four-pack of ticket, caller number four. Caller number 4713-572-4610. 713-572-4610, caller number four. That's a very fitting number, show. What? That was my number in uh, Nashville, country music capital of the world. Was number four? Nashville Cats, baby, number four. Good for you. Nashville Cats. Why'd you go with four? How'd you? I was a Brett Favre guy, and I'd already been through about my career. I've been through about ten different numbers, Several and numbers. I thought, hell, what four, four will be all right. Let's ride. All right, there you go. Caller number four on this Ticket Thursday Chris will have you set up four pack of tickets. Not one, two, three, but four pack of tickets to see Brad Paisley on March 18th up at uh, at NRG. So uh, call in. Chris will take care of you. Call in number four. And listen, if you are if you are not able to win uh, this round, five o'clock in the five o'clock hour, we will be doing the same thing in the five o'clock hour. Your chance to win a four pack of tickets um, to see Brad Paisley. Be listening in the uh, sorry five o'clock hour. If I said four, five o'clock hour. Be listening to that uh, come coming forward. So congratulations to whoever uh, who gets to enjoy uh, Brad Pace. By the way, this time tomorrow we will be knee deep in Clint Sterner, who I hope his night is his night is set for this evening, or they oh, better get it done. That's right. Uh, he and the uh, this is a team effort because you're not watching it alone. He and the misses. Y'all got the proposal tonight. Do we do them on Fridays or oh, it was Monday? Fridays. 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 Then we put the vote over the weekend and the people vote. And then we we, we find out Monday what the next. That's right. Yeah. We'll. Uh, yeah. This. Uh, yeah. You just you just made Lowe's evening. I know. I see, took I, the damn rodeo I, last night. Now you're introducing movie movie night to it. See, Chris, I knew he'd forgot about that. She, oh, she wasn't going to let me forget about it. She oh, asked she me. Was, she asked me Monday night if we wanted to go ahead and get a head start. I was about to say, you don't have to push it to Friday. Oh, you know, that's just my way of doing things. <laughs> <laughs> I, look, I, I honestly did. I thought about doing it. It was Monday or Tuesday and I was at the house, and she she was the baby went down fairly early, and we're sitting there, and I was like, yeah, we could watch it. I like the excitement. I, 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 I'm fresh off of it. You like that? Yeah. 
when I come in on Friday. Fresh I, off I, I, of it, you, you have the, have it in your mind. You the, know, yeah. I mean, I, I don't like I don't like to do something. It's like watching a game and then you don't get to talk about it until three days later. Oh, come on, it's, it's lose it's lose you lose the energy, man. You lose the juice. I don't want to do that. I'm, I'm I'm gonna watch it. Baby goes to bed tonight. We'll settle in, and uh, I think we got a half bottle of that good good wine that we uh, that we cracked on our anniversary. Mm, there you go. And uh, so probably knock the rest of that out and watch the proposal. There it is, baby. Sandra Bullock. Ryan Reynolds, my wife, my one. wife's giddy right now. Does she? Does she knew when did? Did she knew Monday? She she knew when. I told her. She asked me. She asked me. What, Has she seen this one? I said, baby, I don't find out till Monday. Huh? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. She but she eats it up now. Yeah, she's ready for it. All right, she's trying to help you out. If uh, if you missed it, week two, rom com Fridays, you have uh, forced it that uh, Clint's got to watch uh, the proposal, and he's going to give us a breakdown. The uh, the. Uh, the uh, the game ball, the, the, yep. who gets it? The MVP of the of the movie, the jockstrap, the worst of the of the film. Oh, the Doug, mo- oh Dougie, he has wet dreams as yeah, as an adult. He got the jockstrap last yeah, week. Yeah, and uh, uh, most underrated. One thing he changed, and how many stars he gives. Uh, by the way, he was a little. Uh, uh, he wanted. He already wanted to change how many stars he gave Fifty First Dates two days later. He so. wouldn't let me. He wouldn't let me change no, let the star change. rating. But I. But I can clarify my uh, level. How about that? You got it, to he felt low, like you, low three. Low three felt like you got too aggressive. Low three. Early, yeah. Low three. Low three. But you got too aggressive. I feel like watching like my wife's level of excitement of her husband watching a uh, a rom com with her on a fr- on a Thursday night. Like I'm. It's embarrassed to admit. Because it doesn't, ha- it hasn't happened often enough in our in our relationship. It's it's embarrassing of me as a man to not do that with my wife more often. But the level of excitement in her eyes and in her voice was was really tremendous. So I may have got a little excited on my rating. That's all right. Yeah, star really rating. Really did. Really. Did. That's why I got don't it. know if you if, if you've had a couple days in between it made it settled in. Now you no. come right off the high. I'm giving Get you. I'm. It. Hey, it's instant react, baby. Uh, instant. React. It's instant react. By the way, uh, we'll, we're going to talk to uh, Sean Pendergast coming up. At uh, at four forty, and maybe he'll give us a kind of a, a more up close look to what he saw today. Jose Abreu, baby, hit a bomb, huh? Hit a bomb, babe. Oh seven nine. Well, what was his nickname? Uh, I know what Tyler. I, I know I what know you and Tyler made with me. What is what was pizza? Pizza. Pizza. I think pizza. Yeah, I think that's what it was. But he went deep. El Pita, I think. El, yeah, he went deep. He uh, he had him a a big bomb. By the way. Two of, uh, I would say right now, especially since Lance is out, uh, your top two starters both pitched today. Framber Valdez, he went two innings, one hit, zero earned, two Ks, and uh, no walks. Um, Want to hear from Sean because apparently word on the street is uh, that he uh, he didn't seem to be a fan or adjusting well to the pitch clock. Uh, he seemed rushed. Yeah. So that'll be something to kind of get the experience of what Sean saw there. And then Christian Javier, fresh off that new money, uh, he uh, he went two innings, one hit, zero on, earned three strikeouts and no walks. So that's what you want to see from your top two guys. They come in. Yeah, well, I tell you, let's start. It's Pito, by the way. It's Pito. Um, yeah, I knew it meant PP. Well, look, here's here's the deal: is the better Jose Abreu and even David Hensley, the better they do. Um, the the easier it makes for makes uh, the easier it is for me to come to terms with no Yuli in the lineup. So it was a good day for all of us Yuli lovers uh, to uh, to to get beyond. It's it's been tough, I know, but 
I did when not, Jose I didn't know Abreu this was coming rakes. back to Yuli. I did not know this was oh, coming yeah. back to Yuli. When Jose Abreu, when he rakes, and then David Hensley gets in there and he hits a bomb, dead center, um, you know, those kind of things, it kind of eased the pain of, of, of no Yuli in the lineup. Yeah. And I think once you see that he uses, he kind of braids up his beard. Yeah, I think that'll, I think that'll get you going too. That, that is a little something, man. You, lar- <laughs> a, a larger, a, a human being on the larger side yeah, that then braids his man. beard a bit. Yeah, he yeah. Got, yeah, he got a little something to it. <laughs> a little a little something. Something. There's a darker side, though, Jose. We'll hear from, uh, we'll hear from Sean coming up uh, in the next hour about what he saw up, up close and personal as he was there. As they're playing the Cardinals today. Hey, I was, uh, I was on my two mile. Two mile run today, uh, you know. I, I like to like to get out there. It was perfect though. Sun went beaming down on you. It was it was a cool day. Yeah, got my little run in. I don't know if you get here. I do it sometimes. We're on the elevator. I do it, but this happened to me when I was running today, where I get to I get to really overthinking things with women. Boy, this is a dangerous setup, ain't it? I mean, I don't. I'm, I mean. <laughs> I know we're past – yeah, it's, okay, go ahead. So if you can imagine me finishing off my two-mile run, and I've given you I've given you 80% of it. It's, so pro- it's probably it, a pretty dramatic finish. <laughs> you, know, you, know, you know, as I finished, I am <gasps> like – Soaking and, wet. Soaking wet, and now i got to walk the rest of the way to the house. And you know, I'm, I'm, done, I'm not speed walking it. I'm, I'm just I'm, – Getting there. I'm clearing it now because I've – I've given you everything I got running this these two miles. And a lady behind me, she is coming with a stroller. And I and I got my ear my, my, my ear pods on, but I can still hear. Her. Like and I I look behind and I walk a little bit and I look behind again and I mean she's completely gaining on me. And there's a there's a sidewalk and you know, I know like we ain't gonna both fit on this sidewalk when she comes past me. And I'm thinking, all right, well, let, I'm, let me just get the hell out the way. But then when I stopped to, to get out the way, and I'm thinking, oh God, what if I? But if I start walking behind her, like that may that, that may be a real uncomfortable type of deal. Right. So I'm so I'm thinking, should I stop? Should I stop? Or but I ain't gonna make her. I'm, this is all in my head. I ain't gonna make her. <laughs> you talking about overthinking the situation? I ain't gonna man. make her. Just get your ass off the sidewalk. I'm like, man. I don't want to make her wheel into the grass. <laughs> so then I just stopped, got down, and then just untied both my shoes and just <laughs> slowly, <laughs> slowly. Slowly start tying my shoes. How does for that her to get a huge lead? Because I didn't. Because I didn't want to make like it's one thing. Like like for a woman, I only imagine for a woman because I've I've talked to women before. Like you know, I understand when guys let us off the elevator first, but it is weird that you know the guy is behind me, and and that sometimes can make women uncomfortable. So I took that with me. I'm like, like if I'm just walking behind her and she's she's rolling yeah. like that, may be like who is this guy? Behind me, so I just I I mean I tied my shoes for a minute to let her get a long leash show because was, show <laughs> wasn't gonna get accused of nothing. That I, no, I, I was I was just I just and I sit there and I I pulled my phone out right there and I just typed that in. I said we got to talk about this. I'm just <laughs> overthinking the hell. Yeah, that I, but I, but I no I guess I can. I mean, damn. It, if you're now, obviously, there's women out there that have been through yes. things that I could never understand, and that that's a different scenario. And there's some creeps but, out here that just like yeah, yeah, do that. Yeah. But damn, like the, the elevator that we get on every day in this building right here. Like, I mean, I'm gonna let y'all first because my mama raised me right. I, I, I mean, I hope I ain't making nobody nervous. Now I could see, I could see, like, I mean, I'd like to think that my wife or maybe one day my daughter that they're 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 a little bit 
nervous if they are in a parking garage after a concert or something, you know, type type elevator. But damn, I mean, if you use any old any old elevator, you nervous. We got we got to or any old jogging path you're on. If, if my man show can't just slide over and let just, you run by, I'm just damn. thinking like I just see that shadow running out hell as fast as she was moving. I was she was gonna break out in a big lead, but I'm just I'm sitting there. I can't get her on the grass. Can't make her grow on the grass. Here, let me just stop. Get out the hell out the way. <laughs> let me just start tying my shoes. All right, coming up, John Harris. He is live. You know him from Texans All Access, sideline reporter for the Texans, but also the man of footballtakeover.com and the Harris 100. He's going to join us live from Indy. Uh, he's watched the D-linemen and linebackers work out and a posi- two positions that the Texans desperately need improvement on. We'll get his thoughts on what he's seen at the Combine today coming up next. Live from the Twin Peaks studios, Sports Radio 610 presents The Drive with Sterner and Hughley. All right, as uh, the drive heads uh, to the phone lines, we talked to our guy, John Harris, who is uh, at the Combine. And uh, listen, you uh, you watched uh, a lot of uh, guys in, in two positions that uh, the Texans could really uh, use some help on across the defensive line and the linebackers uh, today. And I can't wait to get your thoughts and some guys there that you saw. But I do want to to get your thoughts on uh, potentially – what it's what what it's looked like with Jalen Carter? I know he came back to the combine and um, and and just you've been around this, you've seen how players can drop in in, in situations like this with the draft. Do you sense that uh, that that he could drop pretty deep in this draft? Actually, show no, I don't think he will drop in this draft. And in fact, I just uh, left the bowl here at Lucas Oil Stadium so I could talk to you guys. And the D line um, has been putting on a freak show. Uh, at all different levels, and they started with the interior guys. And so Jalen Carter was right with that interior line group, um, just as if he, you know, he had said he wasn't going to work out prior to combine. So he's been with that group, walking with them from station to station. But uh, he got back here after being in Athens and and making bail last night. And I, you know, here's the, you know, here's the thing about the NFL. I, I, I don't think. Um, it's any real surprise that your level of talent gives you the, the amount of rope that you're going to get. You know, if you can't play, the length of your rope is uh, about six inches. But if you can play, then you've got a uh, you got a lasso that's probably about 30 feet long. And Jalen Carter can play. And he's my number one player on the Harris 100. And here's the thing. When he put out a statement, he mentioned one word twice. And I think that was the one that I went, mm, okay, this gets interesting. He mentioned misdemeanor. And when you're talking about misdemeanors versus felonies, that's a, it can be a big distinction. Now I am not a legal expert. I do know the difference between a misdemeanor and a felony. And I know that could be at play here in the situation with Jalen Carter. I think he is absolutely going to be in play. I mean, the Seattle Seahawks, for example, are sitting at five. I mean, the Seattle Seahawks, who couldn't stop the run or couldn't stop anybody defensively last year, are going to pass on Jalen Carter if these are misdemeanors? I don't think so. I mean, I think Pete Carroll and John Schneider will dig deep behind the character. Uh, I think they'll find some good character things about him. They'll find some bad character things about him. And in the end, I think they'll end up looking at a young man that's probably made mistakes, will grow up into um, hopefully a, a positive adult in the community, and I don't think he would get beyond Seattle. I mean, shoot, I don't even know if he would get beyond Arizona at three. So I don't think I don't think Jalen Carter is going to fall much at all in this draft. Now, are the Bears going to do it at number one? Okay, maybe maybe not. Texans at two, I, I don't know. 
but I don't think it gets, you know, this precipitous drop uh, into the, you know, 12, 13, 14 range. I don't think that happens with Jalen Carter, unless, unless there's more information yeah. that comes out that wasn't out there already. I'm with you, John. The more we talk about it today and the more details that come out, it's like it, this just doesn't look look like it's going to be something that's going to drop drop any player, really, but but definitely not one, as you mentioned, to his to his talent. I, look, I, and, and I don't know, you're there. I mean, what is, like him returning to Indianapolis under these circumstances, almost chomping at the bit to sit across the table from the Nick Casarios, D'Amico Ryans of the world and explain what happened, his involvement, and and take take advantage of that opportunity to 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 answer any character questions a team may have. That seems like from a distance a pretty strong gesture. Your your thoughts being there on him returning and doing that? Yeah, it's been sort of a surreal twenty four hours plus. Clint, he, he was supposed to speak at nine ish on what's it Thursday, yesterday, Wednesday. So he was supposed to speak. And so we're excited. I'm like standing near the podium and look at Twitter and it's like, uh, I don't think he's speaking, guys. And I'm telling you, the throng around his podium was bigger than I've seen for any prospect here in the 10 years I've been coming. I've never seen more people around a podium like we all you, we couldn't fit. I mean, it was unbelievable to see the amount of people. And of course, he didn't come out to speak because he was in the process of getting back to Athens for that. It's just been kind of surreal. Uh, in some sense, and then all of a sudden he's back here. Uh, you know, we found that out uh, this morning that he was back here. Now he's not doing any media interviews, but I'll be honest, if they're, um, the, the combine for him was just going to be going these interviews, hopefully ace the interviews, his pro day was going to happen, I think March, sometime in March, he was going to nail that. This combine actually is going to turn out for him the opportunity to sit in front of decision makers and say, hey, I screwed up, here's what happened, or I didn't do what they accused me of. Here's what happened. And just clear it up and allow teams to ask questions, to dig a little bit, see how he handles, you know, the pressure of some really difficult questions. And that, I think, is going to tell some teams, you know, what they really want to know. I think this actually, him returning, might end up being a good thing for him, the fact that he does get to sit and talk with those teams. John Harris joins us. You know him, Texans All-Access. Uh, sideline reporter for the Texans and uh, footballtakeover.com. Check out the Harris uh, Top 100. And you said there's some freak shows there, uh, especially across the defensive line. Who's impressed you? I'm going to go ahead and just let you go. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I just got through watching Kalaja Kansi, and and this is where it gets a little bit difficult. Kalaja Kansi is 6'1". He's 280 pounds, but he's the most dynamic interior game wrecker I saw in 2022 or, tw- yeah, 2022 season, not named Jalen Carter. He is a blur off the ball. Well, he just ran the second fastest defensive tackle, mm-hmm. 40 at the combine at 4.67. And the only player that ran it faster is Aaron Donald. Both guys coming from Pitt. Kalaja Kansi put on a show, and I'll give you two others. Nolan Smith from out of Georgia, outside linebacker, really a guy that I think could play in a, in a three-man surface. He's only 237 pounds. I mean, Hassan Reddick found a way to do it for the Eagles, and that's kind of, I think, where he's kind of comped to. I comped him to Harold Landry, um, who played Boston College now with the Titans. He's an incredible athlete. He jumped 41 and a half inches on the vert, and then he ended up doing, I think, 10-5 on the broad jump. And here's the last name, a guy that's just really been showing it off today. It's Will McDonald. Apparently, on Tuesday, Will McDonald had a 104 temperature. Like, they didn't think he was going to be able to get out of bed, and he insisted – 
that once he felt better, he was going to work out. Well, I was standing right by the broad jump, and he jumped, and I went, yo, he jumped 11 feet. Then he went over to the vertical jump, and if you've ever seen the vertical jump, you know they've got these, like, pegs, these, like, long pegs, and you just jump up, and you just tap how many of them. He tapped almost to the very top, and I'm convinced that's somewhere in the mid-40s. And this guy's an edge rusher, outside linebacker, some of the senior boys. He's got an unbelievable spin move. He's one of the best athletes in this draft. Still learning how to be a complete football player. But you talk about a freak show off the edge at 240, 245 pounds. Man, these guys are – I mean, Kalaja Kansi at 280, running 467. I mean, that's just – that's insane. And this guy whipped everybody this year. He was ACC co-defensive player of the year. And I know you look at him and think, man, 280, what can I do with that guy? You let that guy loose on third downs to start. And then you can see if he can hold up against NFL 300-pounders because he did hold up against 300-pounders at the college game. Different grown men versus college kids. I get it. Kalajic Hansi, he's in my – I believe he's in my top 20, top 22 um, in the Harris 100. He's a freak show. I love that guy. John, you, you, I think you were talking about Nolan Smith. That was 41 and a half, 41.50 inch vertical. Yeah. I mean, that's – That's crazy. I mean, that's <laughs> – Listen, there are some dudes here, I'm telling you. I mean, I'm uh, Keon White is a guy. I mocked him to the Texans at number 12. And people are like, who's Keon White? Dude, 6'4", 280. And I'm watching him do the broad jump. And he just walks up and he stands. He does a broad jump 10 feet. I'm like, are you kidding me? This dude's 280 pounds. And in fact, they're, I think they're running the 40s right now. Um, so these guys on the defensive line, I, I mean, it's incredible what these guys look like. And by the way, the biggest freak show of them all, Hasn't even done anything yet because he's still coming back from his foot injury, and that's Tyree Wilson from out of Texas Tech. If you've not seen this guy, I mean, I don't even know if I can explain. The dude's got 36-inch arms. He's 275 pounds. He's 6'6". And, I mean, I ran into him at the kickoff game against University of Houston at 21, and I'm like, who is this guy? And watch him play, you tell, okay, he's raw. Well, 2022, that rawness was gone, and he was a total stud for Texas Tech, but he's dealing with that foot injury. He's trying to get back from it, rehab, so he can get back for his pro day. But when that dude works out, that could be scary. I mean, he looks unlike even the NFL players I see in the locker room. So he could be someone to keep an eye on it, definitely, in that top five. I think Tyree Wilson could go as high as five to Seattle, could maybe even go to Arizona because they need edge rushers. Tyree Wilson's a freak, and he's just walking around. I mean, it's unbelievable what hit that guy looks like and what he could do for an NFL defense. Yeah. All right, John, we appreciate you uh, jumping on with this man uh, and, and enjoy your time there. And uh, we'll talk to you down the line about these guys. You got it, boys. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you. All right. That's John Harris. Uh, you catch him. Uh, you catch him on Texans All Access behind us most nights. Texans sideline reporter and uh, check out footballtakeover.com where he has the uh, the Harris 100. Boy, he uh, he can get himself going, boy. <laughs> ain't, no, ain't no doubt. Get himself going about this. Uh, ain't no doubt. Thing, man. Hey, I mean, we, we could have talked. We could have talked for hours on different. You start asking about specific players, boy. I mean, he'll dig deep. That Harris one hundred is is uh, he puts a lot of time into it and went to the Senior Bowl. Now he's at the Combine. I mean, he's he's one of those guys that when you talk about doing the legwork behind something, man, that sucker does it now. Yeah, Tyree Wilson, that one he brought up there at the end. A lot of people talk about Will Anderson. Mm-hmm. Uh, as the outside guy, but he's even bigger. Uh, and Will Anderson, there's a wonder what kind of fit, you know, if, if he's in, if he has to be a down lineman. Uh, Tyree Wilson is one to watch. I, I I don't think that if the Texans were going, they would go him over Will Anderson, but 
he is a he is a really really talented player out of Texas Tech. I know he had an injury that uh, that cut his uh, his season short. We talked to his coach when he joined us uh, ahead of the uh, the Texas Bowl, and he had a lot of a, a lot of glowing things to say about him. Uh, but uh, but yeah, man, a lot of a lot of players across. Man, that D line linebacker, those guys rolling today. Woo! I hope D'Amico is uh is, is I mean all over the place looking at these guys because those yeah. are two positions that the Texans need multiples at. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh look that there's you could throw a dart at the damn depth chart and odds are the Texans it's gonna it's gonna hit something a position that the Texans need a starter at. So um there's but there are some dudes that especially with two top uh you know top 12 picks at number two and number 12 there there's um boy there's there's some depth and 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 just the this defensive line position that's rocking and rolling today there's there's some depth there There, there's a big a big dent in the um talent deficit problem in in houston you know could be could come this uh this draft no question what you got coming up at the four well, I got I got a couple of things for you, show. I, I I was just one guy that was barely mentioned there is uh is speaking to the media and could very, very easily be there at number two and be the Texans choice at number two. Uh I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, you know highlight him a little bit. He's measured and he spoke to the media, Will Anderson. Uh and and uh we're gonna go up up forty five a bit. Mike McCarthy. Mike McCarthy firing shots at Kellen Moore. That's soft, man. That's soft. We'll do we'll talk about that next.